Happy New Year. We were, Barbara was laughing because if you read, if you read the, the, the opening, the little cover of the bulletin this way, I'm, day, I'm talking about Happy New Year. And Barbara came to me and said, wait, Andy, I think this is an old one. I'm like, no, just keep reading. I'm getting there eventually. I'm getting to the, to the good part. So, you know, everybody says, Happy New Year. What do you mean? It's August. Have you had a heat stroke? What are you talking about? Happy New Year. Well, it's, it's that beginning of that new time in the life of our church, that fall time. Kids have either started back to school or will be starting back in the next week or two. You know, I'm still learning when everyone starts back. I know public started this week and private starting in the days to come. So, you know, we have kids starting back this week and we've got teachers and administrators and everybody kind of getting back into the groove of things. Our Wednesday night live programming is fixing to gear back up again with classes. Promotion Sunday, we saw these beautiful children get Bibles kids moving up into different classes. I mean, there's, there, there's so, many, so many things happening at this time of the year. It's always, always such an exciting time of the year for me. I love this time, and it really, in many ways, does remind me of that new year. You know, I know a new year, New Year's Day is just kind of an artificial construct. I get that. But still, to me, there's something new. There's something beautiful about a new day. You know, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Even that old hymn, if you go back and look at the scripture from whence it comes, that's from Lamentations. And go, if you want to really feel bad about life, go read Lamentations. Because it is what it, its name implies. It is a book of mourning the Israelites wrote when everything was falling apart, when they were being attacked and destroyed. But there in this book of lamenting, there's that beautiful verse in the middle. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. What a joy. What a joy to know that every day is a new day. Every day is a fresh start. Every day we get to drink a, drink a brand new pot of coffee and start that day off with a brand new potential in God. Man, I love, I love potential. Of course, one of my favorite quotes ever is by Wimp Sanderson. Some of y'all might remember Wimp Sanderson. He used to be the basketball coach at Alabama back in the day, wore the most hideous plaid coats. You Alabama fans need to make a defense of that one because that was, he, Wimp, wore some really hideous coats. But he said this one time, he said, the only thing potential is good for is getting you fired. I've always loved that quote because potential is great unless it's, fulfilled, unless it's not fulfilled. I love potential. You know, we think of a new year with all the potential. Think about every time that December 31st rolls around and you start a new year, you think about, well, this is the year that I'm going to fill in the blank. Go back to school, exercise more, whatever. There's always these things. There's always the potentiality of what is to be. New Year's resolutions, things like that. So I think about our church. I think about our church as we stand here on August the 9th, 2015 with school either starting or fixing to start, with Wednesday Night Live fixing to begin, with Sunday school classes in full bloom. I think about the potential of St. Matthew's in this next year. I think about all the things that God has already done in the history of the life of our church. From the moment we've began 
to the moment we are now. Think about all the ways that God has poured his grace and shown his mercy and shown himself to us. And what really gets me excited is this. God's not done. God still sits on the throne. His plan is not finished, and he is not done with St. Matthew's. But in fact, I put forth just the opposite. As crazy as it may sound, I truly believe that St. Matthew's best days are still yet to come. That we have not seen God's most, most faithful yet, but God's most faithful to us is still yet to come. When I think about that, Man, I get excited. I get excited about what God wants to do here in this place. And I get excited about what God wants to do in this community through our church. I cannot wait to see what God is going to do here in this next year. So what are your dreams? What do you dream for St. Matthew's? in this next year. What do you want to see? Uh, I've already started off with a small one. It's really not that small, but it is. We've had last few Sundays, we've had nearly, nearly, five, nearly 600 folk total between all three services. I want to get 600. Just, just, just get there. Let's just get there and see what happens next. That's why I push people to invite. Because inviting somebody to church is the, most, is the easiest way that you can do evangelism. Because you invite them to church, they're going to hear the gospel. And look out what God may do if he ever gets a hold to them. So invite. What are your dreams? Imagine what our church can do, y'all. Just, I mean, you can't dream too big. You, can, you can't outdream. You can't outgive. You can't outlove God. Don't be afraid to dream big. Don't be afraid to try big things. Don't, and you know what? If we fail, guess what? We move the ball down the field. That's a win. It's okay. Everybody that's ever done anything great will tell you the way you achieve greatness is don't be afraid to fail. What Thomas Edison say? He didn't be trying to find the filament for the light bulb. He didn't say, I failed a thousand times. He, found, he said, I found a thousand things that didn't work until he found the one that did. So what are your dreams for our church this next year? I know I've got a bunch of them. You'll be hearing about them in the coming weeks and months and years. But as we move forward to a new year, it's funny we think about these resolutions. And, and, and last week, Paul, in the text we read, Paul kind of laid out some, some big picture things that he, 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 he told, told us to do. He said, to live a life worthy of the gospel. And he, he talked about living a life of thankfulness and, and, a, and a life of, 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 of big picture grace and mercy and things like that. And, and I love that. I, I love that Paul paints this big picture. But then what Paul does today is Paul takes that big picture, live a white life worthy of the gospel, and he goes kind of, kind of, if last week was, was macro, this week's micro. So last week, Paul says, okay, live a life worthy of the gospel. Live with thankful hearts. Live with grace. Live with mercy. And this week, Paul says, uh, hey, thieves, stop stealing. Hey, be nice to each other. You know, work hard, love each other, care for each other. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Paul last week paints big picture 
things of what the gospel should do in our life. This week, he goes very small picture. Do the right thing. Be obedient. Be faithful. See, because sometimes we make Christianity so in the clouds that we can't really, it's like, it's like grabbing a marshmallow. You can't really grab it. Uh, Jennifer talked about baptism, infant baptism. Ever tell you my story of my first infant baptism I ever did? It was in the Delta. Never forget it. I was, gosh, I was probably been in ministry two or three years. And the little fella, they brought him to the baptism, real faithful church members. They brought the son to the baptism, and they, but he was dressed like a marshmallow. Like the baptismal outfit he had on was like, had a bunch of pad and it was loose. And normally y'all see me, I don't know if we, we haven't done one in here yet. When I baptize an infant, I'll take him in my arms and I'll talk to him and we'll go for a walk and it's fun. Well, this little fella, I couldn't find him in his wardrobe. So basically this is how I baptized him. I grabbed him like this because I was not going to drop that youngin because I didn't want that mama coming after me. So I grabbed him like this, and I just kind of lapped water on his head. Because I couldn't find him. I knew he was in there somewhere, but I couldn't get him with all the fluff to get a hold to him. Sometimes that's how Christianity feels, doesn't it? Like, we know it's good, we know it's important, but we can't quite grasp, well, what do we do? What do we do? What does God really want us to do? Sometimes in church, we miss the practicality. What do we do? One of my favorite stories ever. A Wesley Foundation director was walking with one of the students around the, around the campus one day and talking about the upcoming year. And uh, the, the director said to the kids, what, do you, what does God want you to do this year? He said, God wants me to be a better person. I said, no, he doesn't. Wait, wait, what? He doesn't? He wants you to forgive your roommate that hurt your feelings. Just being a better person is so ethereal, there's really no way we can accomplish it. But forgiving your enemies, that's hard, and I don't want to do it. Praying for those that hurt you, I don't want to do that. One of my, Dr. Bryson was a professor at Mississippi College that I, I took preaching from. And Dr. Bryson used to always say, Jesus is not hard to understand. He's just hard to follow. Today, Paul gives us some things. He says, hey, thieves, stop stealing. Why? So you can help each other out. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't, don't make room for the devil. Here's some very practical things Paul has for us. So today, I want to give you kind of three practical encouragements. Three kind of resolutions for this year. Because, y'all, I don't think God... I don't think God expects us to be great. I think God expects us to be faithful. And if we're faithful, God will take care of the greatness. If we're faithful, God will take care of the greatness. Look what he did with the faithfulness of Gideon. The faithfulness of Israel at times. The faithfulness of the disciples. None of them were great. None of them were perfect. In fact, they all messed up more than they got it right, didn't they? But when they were faithful, <clears throat> God used it. So what are, what are some resolutions <clears throat> that, I have, that, I, that I think will be good for us in this next year? Now, this, this really kind of comes from 
a friend of mine in college that gave me some advice that I've always guarded close to my heart. Every time he and I would gather together, he would always conclude our time together with this admonition. He would say, pray, read your Bible, and, and go to church. So those have always been three faithful resolutions, faithful things that I think are important for us to do as believers. To pray, to read our Bible, and to go to church. And I think if we resolve today to do those three simple but profound things, God will bless us in ways that we can't imagine. God will do so much in our church that we can't fathom. God will do so much in our families that our minds won't be able to wrap itself around it. The first two are kind of, kind of simple to understand. Pray and read your Bible. One, one, of, one of my favorite stories I've ever been told about Israel was from Sam Morris. Sam told the story one time of being in Israel, and he saw a, a Bedouin shepherd with, with some sheep. And Sam tells the story. I wish he was here. I could even tell it, he'd tell, you better, tell it to you better than I could. Sees, he sees the shepherd, and he sees the sheep, and he's going to teach the group about the shepherd and the sheep. But when he pulls up to it, he sees that instead of the sheep following the shepherd, the sheep are running from the shepherd. The shepherd's chasing them. So he asked the, the bus driver, said, why, why are those sheep running from the shepherd? And the bus driver said, well, they're running because he's not the shepherd. He's a false shepherd. He's a thief. And the sheep will run from any voice that is not the voice of the shepherds. I don't know about you, but I hear a lot of voices in the world, don't you? There are a lot of voices whispering in our ears. A lot of things trying to pull us away from God, aren't they? A lot of things trying to get a hold to our schedules, get a hold to our time, get a hold to our heart. There's a lot of voices out there, y'all, a lot of voices. And we've got to learn to know the voice of the good shepherd to follow the good shepherd. But the only way we're going to know his voice is to learn to listen to it. And I believe the two best ways we hear the voice of the shepherd individually or through prayer and through his word. We'll never know God's voice until we take time to listen for it in prayer. And frankly, sometimes the most important prayer we don't pray, at least for me, is that prayer of listening. Because I, I walked up on Tim talking to somebody this morning and I, I made a joke about, I just burst up all in their conversation and started talking. My joke is, well, if I see somebody standing there, my assumption is they want me to talk to them. That's kind of how my mind works. I do a lot more talking in my prayer life than I do listening sometimes. And I've had to learn to quiet my soul and be still and wait upon God and listen for his voice. C.S. Lewis said that magic is when we try to get God to do our will. Prayers when God tries to get us to do his. Quite often our prayer time is just us giving God a list of things we want him to do, and then we're done. To truly learn his voice, we've got to take time to listen for his voice. We've got to pray. Pray. Read your Bible. One of the best things I ever heard was at a revival I heard recently. Preacher said this, he says, God, you will never know God's unknown will 
until you know his known will. Well, through Holy Scripture, God has revealed himself to us. Through Scripture, we see a picture of who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus Christ is the complete revelation of who God is. So if we want to know God, we've got to know Jesus. If we really know Jesus, we've got to read the Bible. We've got to seek his face, not only through prayer, but through Scripture. And those things are so linked together. <clears throat> because the goal of Scripture sometimes is to get you to pray. When you read the Bible, it turns your heart towards God where you want to pray. So individually, I invite you and to, to resolve this coming year to pray and read your Bible. But then I invite you to also go to church. And now go to church, is, that's, that's not a perfect phrase because that implies going to a building. When I talk about going to church, I don't, I don't necessarily, necessarily mean coming here, which I think is a big deal too. But, but by going to church, I, I describe it really, it's this. It's being part of the church, being part of the body being part of the community. And I think that looks like this in three ways. One of those things is weekly worship. One of the, Paul says in one of his later writings, he says, do not forsake the gathering together of the brethren or some are prone to do in the last days. Y'all, we need each other. I don't know about you, but Sunday is one of the highlights of my weeks. I love gathering. I, I mean, I, I was walking around the halls this morning and just talking to folks. And someone said, how are you doing? I said, man, I get to preach in 20 minutes. I can't wait. Like, I love being with you. I love getting to know you. I, I love getting to learn from you. I love the community that we develop together here together. So weekly worship is part of that. I, I say being part of church means weekly worship, weekly small group of some sort, Sunday school, Wednesday Night Live, some group of folks to love, around, love on you, to teach you. Because as great as worship is, I believe true life transformation happens in small groups, Sunday school or Wednesday Night Live. When you really get to a group, of, I mean, because some of y'all, y'all could take or leave the preaching. But you're not going to miss Sunday school, are you? Because that's where you felt God moving your life in a powerful way. That's awesome. Weekly worship weekly small group setting, be it Sunday school or Wednesday night live or just a group of guys or gals together to pray together. And then daily service. That's what Paul's talking about here. Be faithful every day. Every day you've got a chance to show Jesus to somebody. Every day of your life you've got a chance to impact somebody with the gospel. That doesn't necessarily mean you've got to walk them through the entire Bible. But maybe your coworker's having a bad day tomorrow. Maybe you just give a nice word. Maybe there's somebody that's hurt you, that's keeping you up at night because you're so angry. Maybe you need to forgive them. Maybe at school you see a friend being picked on. They just, you, somebody just needs to walk beside them to the next class. Maybe you walk beside them. I don't know. But I know that tomorrow there's somebody that's going to need to know that Jesus exists. And Jesus is going to send you to them. That's an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. And how great is it that he's called me and you to that? Wow. We get to change the world. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, each day of this week, you get to change the world for somebody by showing them grace. Tim Keller says to me yesterday, which I loved, he said, uh, we don't argue folks into belief. 
we love them into belief. The world's got enough folks talking about Jesus. The world desperately needs folks to go out there and love like Jesus. And if we do that, we'll change the world. So to see, these three things aren't complicated. There's nothing complicated about reading your Bible, really. There's nothing complicated about praying. There's nothing complicated about going to church. It's not, I'm not asking you to, God's not asking you to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't like heights, so I'm not doing that anyway. Be faithful. Imagine what can happen in this place if we are faithful with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Imagine what God will do here. And imagine the difference that we will make in Madison County, in the Jackson area, and across the world. And imagine the glory that will come to his name because of our faithfulness. May our God be praised in all things. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for saving us. God, may you receive glory through every act of our life, God. And may in all things we do today, God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the, and the, and the worship that you are due. Be faithful, God. May we be faithful in small things. And may you do amazing things through us. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.